while the kids are going, next Sunday uh, we will be having our special Thanksgiving service, and I encourage you to come early and uh, do a little fellowship uh, here at 8.45. Uh, we're, I think we'll start with breakfast in the back. I think it's a special biscuits and gravy. Uh, come and enjoy. Uh, get to know some people uh, here at the church. And, uh, and then just kind of uh, stay around for, for our uh, Thanksgiving t- uh, service. Bring some praise with you next week. Bring some things that you'd like to share and uh, encourage the church with. Because we want to, uh, during, during our Thanksgiving service every year, we will always like to to just say, here's what God's been doing, and we thank him for it. And uh, it's, it's a time, uh, the farmers used to do that. They used to come and say, you know, our crops were, uh, we had so many crops this year, and, and God was good to us. And this is kind of our way of saying, Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for everything you did for us. So uh, please, uh, please come and be a part of that next week. Let's pray, and we'll get right into our lesson today. God, we thank you for... Um, our worship teams, we thank you for our youth ministry teams, we thank you for the hub team, we thank you for the outreach for everybody that takes to put this service together today and every service. I thank you for the ministry that this church is a part of, the way that they reach into the community, the way they reach into the world over the years, built houses in, in foreign countries, been a part of, of so many missions trips over these last 20 years. And we begin that process of thanking you today and, and just asking you to, uh, to now fix our thoughts on you because you are worthy. And as, as our worship team just reminded us today, God, that you can be trusted. You are a God that wants to walk with us. You want to talk with us. You want to continue to show us that we're your own. And so, God, we just pray for these next few minutes. Help me to stand out of the way and for you to be uh, right on point. We love you and praise your name. Amen. We're going to close our, our little our series this week. This is our, um, our last one of the, of the series, Experiencing God. And we've been talking about how do you experience God. If you experience God, then you get to know Him. And if you know Him, you begin to understand who He is and what He wants to do in your life. And so today, we're going to close our series with, uh, you can trust God. You can trust God. He's a God who can be trusted. Uh, how much can you trust a person? How do you trust a person? Well, you trust a person by spending time with them and getting to know them and seeing who they are, seeing who they are under pressure, seeing who they are under the, the good times of life and seeing who they are in the bad times of life. Um, You can trust a person only to the degree that you know them and that you've experienced that that relationship with them. So the better you get to know somebody, the more you begin to trust them for those experiences. God is pretty easy to trust, but so many of us have a hard time with really, really trusting him. How do you trust people? Well, you trust people by they got to tell you the truth. And if somebody doesn't tell you the truth, you have a hard time listening to the things that come out of their mouth, right? You ever, you you know those people? I thought you were raising your hand, Mandy. I'm like, oh, really? uh." And he's like, ah, it's just a shoulder problem. I get it. Okay. So uh, you, you trust people that tell you the truth. And when they tell you the truth, you begin to 
press in towards them because if somebody tells you the truth most of the time, you begin to believe them and you begin to listen to the things that they say. Another thing that you can trust people is that they got to be fair, they got to be right, and they got to be just. Not just thinking about themselves, not thinking about uh, taking care of their own business, but thinking of others likewise. And then the third person must be reliable or dependable. And, and we want to develop relationships with people like that. We like that. I think that's the reason that this church has, has stayed around 20 years, because you begin to trust each other. You begin to, to say that's, that's who they are. They, they speak the truth. They may not always be fair, but always they try to do that. And so the church comes together, and it comes together in that light, and we begin to move forward. I want to read to you uh, a, a thing uh, that starts in the scripture. It's Psalms 33, 4. It says this, and it just explains everything that I just said. For the word of the Lord is right. There it is. True. There it is. And he is faithful in all he does. Whatever he says he's going to do, he does. Whatever he says he's going to do, he does. And that, that's, that's the, the, the question I want to ask you today. And I want you to be sure are you answering it with your life? Can you trust God? And I would say emphatically, yes, you can trust God. You can trust God. It's so easy to, to, to not trust God. In our world today, most people, um, we ha- have a problem with trusting God because you can't see him. And because you can't see him, you tend to, you tend not to, to really press into him. We trust so many things. Think about this. I was at Meyer. I, I go to Meyer and I pick up my, my drugs every month. I have so many drugs. You know, the older you get, you have to pick up more and more. I, walk, I run in there, I go through the drive through and I, I ask for my drugs and they give me my drugs. And there's a lady there and I, and I know the lady, I've seen her, and I know she's not making a lot of money and I trust her to put the right pills in my bottle. I know the pharmacist has something to do with it, I understand, but I, I, I trust her to, to give me that package. And then, then when, I, when I take that pill, all those pills, and I slam them down my throat, I'm trusting somebody that was in a little place somewhere, probably in another country, to take those things and to press them and to put the right ingredients in there. And so I have no problem. I don't go, what's in that pill? My doctor just gives it to me, and I, what I do, I slam it in. Same thing with food. I go, I go to Myers or Walmart, wherever it is you go, and I walk in there, and I, I, I get a can of soup, and I, I don't read the ingredients and go, you know, oh, I can't eat that because it's got sodium bichromate and whatever the hell that could be. No, I don't do that. I just open the can of soup, and I put it in a, and I eat it. I trust <laughs> the manufacturer. But we have a real problem sometimes trusting God, don't we? We have a, we have a problem because we, we, especially those of us in the church, we come to this, this realization that God, we're supposed to trust him and we're supposed to love him and we're supposed to love him with all our heart, soul, mind, strength. And we, we, we come to that and then we put our trust in him and then it doesn't work out like we thought it would. It doesn't come. And then what we do is we go, oh, he didn't, he didn't do what he said he was going to do. And so we, we kind of we lose a little bit of the trust. And the next time we, we don't kind of put ourselves out there. And, and the next time it doesn't. And then the next time, the next time, the next time. And I want you to understand that today, that, that, that <laughs> that's, 
That's where, that's where we're living. And we're living in, a, in an age where the, the world around us screams, you can't trust something you can't see. But we do it so much. You know, you get in an airplane and you, you trust some pilot that might have been having a bad night yesterday and he's taking you up in an airplane to somewhere to go and you're going, and, and you get in a car and you, you trust your brakes are going to stop you and you hope they do and you pray they do and you don't even think about it. You just do it. You just put your foot on the brake and you stop. And that's the response that God wants from his people because he is who, he, who the Bible says he is. He is right, he is true, and he is faithful. So what can't God do? Well, is there anything that God can't do? There's three things that God can't do. The, the three things that God can't do is he cannot do wrong. The Bible says he is always right. He's always right. The Bible says that he always tells the truth. He is always holy. He never fudges. He never makes up something. He always tells the truth. And lastly, he never breaks a promise. Never, not one time. They had a bunch of research this week on the internet and through some several books that I had. And every, the, the closest I can come up to in the Bible, there's 8,810 promises in the Bible. And 7,417 are made by God to man. And every one of them, that you can, you can go proof text has, has come to pass or is getting ready to come to pass. There's several that haven't that are, are, are talking about when he's going to come back. And that's the one, that, the biggest promise that all of us are, are, are sitting here going, is, is he really? When, it, when is that? Am I, and am I going to be ready? 8,810 promises. And that was made by, by people in the Bible or 7,417 were made by God to man. And one of the most faithful promise streams you see in the Bible is to the Israeli people. And I want to talk about that just for a second. You know who Israel is, right? You've heard of Israel before? Okay, anybody not heard of Israel? Okay, good, good, good. All right. So if, if you grab these characteristics of God and you put it in the Israeli people, you go, why was God so faithful to these people? Everything you see in the Old Testament talks about and the people of God going, man, he's faithful. Our God is faithful. And you look at us and, and, and our, the things out of our lips, most generally is not God is faithful, but, you know, God, you know, Dave Baker can stand up here and go, God's good. I mean, yeah, God's good. But do you say that during the week with your life? Does it show in the way that you say who God is in the way that you live your life, the way that you put your, you invest your time, the way you invest your resources. Does it say that your God is faithful to you? That's so important to get. Let's talk about this, why, why God was so uh, faithful to the Israeli people. Uh, what it says, if he says something, he does it. And he made all kinds of promises to the nation of Israel. He promised Abraham a son, voila, one son, not one of those promises failed. He had 100% accuracy. God uh, proved himself time and time again. He was consistent. And that's, that's what made the Israelis trust him, even in such horrible time. In the last 4,000 years, God remained faithful to Israel in spite of captivity, in spite of so many Jews dying, 
Time and time again, the Israeli people have been picked on and, and just made to be the, this, this huge joke. And it's this little postage stamp of a, of a country over in the Middle East. And this little, this little postage stamp of a country has been a pain in the butt of every country around it. And because God has been faithful to that little group of people. He relocated them. He took them in other places. And in spite of all those things, Israel is still around today. I challenge you to find a Hittite anywhere. I challenge you to find a Jebusite and where they're living. Go tell me where the Hittites are living. You can't do it. You won't be able to find a nation of Hittites. You won't find the Jebusites. Why? Because they were wiped out. But the little bitty postage stamp is those few million Jews. God has had his eye on them. And then when Jesus came, that postage stamp grew to us. And that, that, that same faithfulness he has to, Israel, to the Israeli people, he has for those who call him Lord and Savior. And that's what makes us grafted into the kingdom of God because God didn't just come for the Israelis. He got them here to get Jesus here. But then when Jesus was here, it's like, it's for all of us. It's for everybody because he made everybody and he wants everybody to come back to him. But everybody's having a hard time with that because we're having a hard time trusting him. 8,810 promises in the Bible. They're like blank checks. They're blank checks waiting to be written. They're blank checks that God wants to do in your life. And yet, many days, we leave money on the table. We leave God's promises on the table. We leave God's his, his provision for us on the table. And we go out and we take it ourselves. And we do it ourselves. And we screw it up. We screw it up. So today I want to talk and I want to send you home with five of those 8,810 promises. Five promises I want you to take home today that you can take to the bank using the vernacular we've been talking about the last several weeks. Number one, this promise. You can trust him to forgive you. You can trust God to forgive you. Why is that important? It's important because look what the Bible says in 1 John 1, 9. If we freely admit, there's our part. See, we got a part in this. If we freely admit that we have sinned, we find him reliable and, there's that word again, just. He, for, he, he forgives us and he makes us thoroughly clean from all that is evil. He takes whatever stupidity that you get into. He takes whatever silliness that, that you possibly can, can conjure up in your life. And he forgives you of it again and again and again. Isn't that great? I don't forgive real easy, and i got a feeling some of you don't either. <laughs> Somebody hurts you, you're going to get your pound of flesh. Somebody does something to you, well, I, I learned my lesson. Don't do that again. Won't go there again. Won't be kind. Won't be nice. Won't give them anything. God says, if you do this, there's a, there's a provision. There's a provision, and the provision is it's something on your part. In this verse, it says, if you admit, if you admit your sin and you confess it to God. I love Brad's confession today. 
<laughs> By the way, on the way out, look, it's kind of funny because I, I came in this morning. He told me about it. He did it yesterday. And I'm like, no big deal, whatever. I thought he was out in the parking lot. He was over in the grass over there. Sorry, Rancy and Kurt, but he was over in the grass all the way down. And you can tell he goes up and down and up and down. And up. I'm not making fun of him, but he, he confessed it. But he, confe- he got up and he confessed it. it was just, Here I am. Here I did it. I did. And we need to be a little bit more like Brad. We do. You know, we're, we're, most of us are jokers. <laughs> most of us, we, 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 the things that go in our head, the things that go on, we, we don't forgive. We, we get mad at people. We're petty. Somebody doesn't look at us right. Somebody doesn't say, doesn't notice us. We're, what the heck? Who, who, who did something bad to your Cheerios? Well, you wake up with this horrible, horrible mood. And, and everybody is bad, and we're all wrong. The promise of God is, if you admit it, I'll forgive you. It's a daily thing. You've got to choose God over yourself. And you've got to say, God, you forgive me. I choose to forgive others. I admit I need a Savior. I admit every day I need salvation. I admit every day I need cleaning up because I make myself dirty. The second thing that you can trust him is to guide you, is to take you where you need to go. And guys, we need this in this world that we're in today. We need his guidance. And this is, this is kind of a review of everything we've talked about these last couple of weeks. If God is who he is, says he is, if he's everywhere, if he, does, he knows everything and he, know, he can do all that thing, he's sovereign. If all these things that we've been talking about, then you know what? I have to let him guide me. He says, I'll promise that I'll do it. Look what it says in, in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. I love this verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Never rely on what you think you know. Ooh. Never rely on what you think you know. Remember the Lord in everything you do. And he will show you the right way. Oh, another version says, he will make your path straight. I love, to, I love to take walks with Brenda, and I don't like to go on, on these, these like this sometimes that are up and down and up. I, I know some of you do. I, I don't like that. I like a straight path. I like to go on a straight path. I, I, I love to see the scenery. If I'm doing like this, I don't watch the scenery as much. He says, I'll, I'll lead you on a straight path. See, some of you, you're so dizzy because you're, you're relying on something. You're relying on a past. You're relying on, a, on, on something else that's not God. Rely on him to guide you, and he will. He will do it through his spirit first. He will do it through the spirit and the Bible working together, and that's why you have to see what the Bible says. If you don't know what the Bible says, how is the Spirit going to prompt you? How is the Spirit going to take you where you go? And the other way that you get that guidance besides Him speaking through the Spirit and the Word to you is through a godly person. Through a godly person. Be careful who you listen to. Be careful. I'm telling this to my mom all the time. She's 88 years old, getting ready to be 89. And I love her, and she's one of the most godly women I know, but she listens to so many people, and she takes their advice over people that she shouldn't. 
She shouldn't take advice from somebody. She was, I took her to the doctor the other day and she, she refused to go get a sleep study because three ladies in her Bible study said, you don't need a sleep study. And the doctor says, it's going to help you with your heart. But she listened to these three people that sleep studies for nobody. You don't need to do that. So now we're going to get her a sleep study. But you've got to listen to the right people, to the people that have have done the time, that are listening to God, that are are pressing into God. Don't listen to everybody because everybody is wrong. Most everybody is wrong. Be careful where you get your information and how you disseminate it and where you put it out. Trust the Lord. Number three. This is a good one for some of you because some of you got a real problem with this. You can trust God to settle the score. You can trust God to settle the score. You know when you get hurt, your first inclination is just to go, you know, just to hit them back. You know, you just, this is what I do. I just want to take a piece out. And that's not, our, that's not our job. You see, when you, when you hear the news today, any kind of news, it's not fair. It's not fair what's going on. And I think I put this on the, on the thing somewhere. Did I put that on there? Maybe. Is it going on the next one, Mindy? I'm sorry. Didn't mean to get you too far ahead. Is, it, is there anything back there? What's, what's the next screen? Okay. Yep, I didn't. Sorry. I had it in my head I was going to do that, but I didn't. Life is not fair. It is not fair. It is not fair what's going on. It is not fair. It is not fair. It is not fair. That, that being said, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. When you hear the, the bad things, the disparities, the people that, that are doing things and they get away with it, politicians that are doing this, somebody's doing that, it doesn't matter. You're not going to be able to write that. You can't settle the score. God never said life would be fair. There's no promise in that word along those 8,810 promises. There is no place where God ever says It's going to be fair. It says he's fair. It says he's just. But there's nowhere it says that you're going to get fair in this life. Romans 12 says this. I think back to that one. I'm sorry. Dear friends, never avenge yourselves. Leave that to God. For he said he will repay those who deserve it. Don't raise your kids like that. Don't raise your kids to get back. I've heard so many parents, you know, you stand up for yourself. Yeah, you need to stand up for yourself. But you don't have to settle all the scores that come at you. God will settle the score eventually. God is going to do it. There's a heaven and there's a hell. And one day there's going to be a judgment time and God will clean and clear the slate. He will settle the score. There's going to be a reward section that's going to be like no reward, like, like the, the billion dollars payout in the lottery. It, that'll make that pale. That'll make that pale. The reward section of heaven is going to be for those who are faithful to God here. One day, God is going to take care of all that. The Bible's advice to you, the Holy Spirit's advice to you is this. Let God handle the unfairness in this life. It is not up to you. You are going to get a whole bunch of unfair slapped up on your face every day. 
There's no reason. There's no rhyme or reason. You're not going to get it answered this side of heaven. Let God handle it. Number four, the fourth promise I want you to take home today is trust God to reward your giving. Trust God to reward what you do with your time and your resources. Trust him. Luke 6.38 says this, Give and it will be given to you, for with the same measure you use, it will be measured to you. Kind of sounds like a televangelist. Give and it will be given to you. You hear that in the, that prosperity gospel kind of a deal. You know that, but that, that's not a positive thinking kind of channel there. That's Jesus saying that. Jesus said, give and it will be given unto you. You can be confident here today when you're generous with God, when you're generous with God, I'll say it again, he will be generous back with you. There are many promises in the Bible related to this. I don't want to stand up here and quote them all to you. I just want to challenge you again today. Let God take your, what he gives you, give it some to him and let him do what he does with it. I'm telling you, God over the last 20 years has taken so little and done so much with it in this group of people because you have been faithful week after week after week. And the point is, don't let somebody else do your share. Don't let somebody else do what you're supposed to be doing because if you're sitting back and you say, well, the church is okay, we're not going in the hole. Yeah, you're right, we're not. (laughs) But there's so many more fields that God has for us to plow there's so many more things. And if, if you're not yet giving, I would say to you, why not? Why not? Why let somebody else take your space? Why let somebody else put in for you? Or because they did, God gave you what he gave you. And he gave you to share that back with his people in the church. Test God. That's the only time he ever says and so I, I, I want to I speak specifically to some of you today are having a hard time saying, I don't think we can do this. I, I challenge the next six weeks to just say, I'm going to put in something. I'm going to put in something. It's Christmas. I got to buy my kids. I know. I get it. Worst time in the world to do it. But it also may be the best time in the world to say, God, I'm going I'm to trust you. and I want to see what you're going to do. I'm going to test you. It's the only time he says, test me when he comes to your giving. Lastly, the last promise that I want to share with you that I think kind of capitulates this whole section of we've been talking about who God is and experiencing God. It's this. You can trust God to remember your serve. You can trust him to remember everything that you do for others. For every minute you spend in prayer, for every minute, I was so proud of our people yesterday. We had a, we had a, a funeral. Many of our people, even though we had a ladies' retreat, were up there at that, at that, at that funeral, and they were standing in the gap for a lady who, who was very, had a very hard life and, and, and was sitting there look, seeing her daughter being buried, and there was many of you that were up there praying. There was many of you up there just, just saying, here I am, I love you, and I'm going to spend my time. God takes what you do. He notices it. It makes a difference. It not just makes a difference today. It makes a ripple in all eternity. When you do something small, God takes it and magnifies it. 
So I want to encourage you to, to continue to say, God, how do you want to use me in this, this body that you've got me planted here today? How do you want to use me? The Bible says he takes notice and he remembers every good thing you do. He is faithful to do that. Look what the Bible says in Hebrews 6.10. It says this, God is not unfair. Remember, he's fair. He's always fair. He will not forget all that you've done, nor the loving labor which you've shown for his sake and loving after fellow Christians. See, that's such an important thing. Last, last Sunday night at the, at the campfire, I, I shared one of my devotions, and Jesus was kind of reinstating Peter, and he, he came to Peter, and, and Peter had denied him three times. And the question that he asked him, he kept asking Peter, he kept saying, do you love me? And Peter said, of course you don't. Then feed my sheep. Feed my sheep. See, God didn't give you your abilities and your talents for you to sit, and I'm saying this as kindly as I can. He didn't want you to sit on your assets. Because you sit on your assets, what you're doing is you're doing something that God never intended for you to do. He intended for you to serve his people, to feed his sheep. How small or how big it is, that's between you and God. But if you're not serving somebody else, I ask you, do you really love God? If you're just sitting around taking all your stuff in and just just taking care of your little kingdom and being sure that your mortgage is paid and being sure that, that you got this, is that really what this life is about for a Christian? No. It's about saying, here I am, Lord. <laughs> you take me. I don't understand. I'm scared, but you're overall... I, I, I'm inadequate, but you're every place. God, you take my little and you make it something worthwhile. One of my biggest struggles from the time I've been a kid is standing in front of people and talking like I am right now. I don't love it. I don't love it at all. But I do it because God takes it. And I, I have to study three times harder than any preacher that stands up in front of you because I, I, it's just not my gift. It's not my gift. I, 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 I'm not putting myself down. I'm saying it's not what God made me do. He made me to love people and to manage people. That's how it, what he made me to do. But for some reason, I'm doing what I'm doing here. I'm talking to people. And so I want to speak to you as a fellow traveler, some of you, that, that God wants to do something in your life. He wants to take that thing you thought you never could do and do it for somebody else. I am evidence that that, that, that can happen. I'm standing here in 20 years. I never, ever wanted to be a preacher. Never. I wanted to take care of his people, and I wanted to be, a, I, wanted to be I didn't want to be this guy, but I am. <laughs> here I am. What has God been calling you to do? What, what, is he, what has he been tickling in your fancy a little bit that says, you need to move towards this? And listen, if you're 80 years old and you barely can get around, God's got something for you. And if you're here today and, and you're feeling like, I don't know what I can do, there's something God wants to do in you. You can be assured that God knows your serve. And that he has a plan and a purpose. And he wants you to touch somebody. And there's a lot of somebodies that aren't getting touched because some of you aren't doing it because you're sitting on the assets that he gave you. I can't do that. I can't do that. 
2 Corinthians 1.20 says this. I think. I didn't put it? Oh, good. Thank you for another one. Listen, it says this. 2 Corinthians 1.20 For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. Let me say that again. For no matter how many promises God has made, they are all yes in Christ. Christ is the key to the promises of God. And if you do not have a relationship with the Son, you do not have a relationship or parview to the the Father's promises. The Father wants you to know His Son, to have that relationship with the Son. And if you don't have that relationship, that's why we offer that, that, that time to say, God, I want to have your Son come and live in my heart, your Holy Spirit to live in my heart. That's, in, that's, that's the whole central idea of why this church is here. It is not here to give food out there. It is not here to work with kids on Sunday night. It is not here to, to gather a bunch of people. It is to save people who need Jesus because people are going to die. And people are not going to be here tomorrow. Some people are going to be gone tomorrow. And those people need Jesus. And you are part of the solution. And if you're not in Christ, if Christ isn't in you, then you should look at saying, God, I want to give you my heart. And so the next couple of weeks, we're going to talk a lot about that, about being sure that you know that Jesus is who, is who he is, and he's in your heart, and he's real, and he's number one. He's not number six, or eight, or ten, or twenty. He's not just something you do one day a week. Those five promises that I'm sending you home with today, those are promises that you can take to the bank, and there's so many more. There's so many, many more. God wants every one of us in here to be a faithful child of his. He wants us to, to today to be more like his son than we were yesterday. Let's pray as the band comes. Jesus, help us to be faithful to you. Help us to be faithful to your church. Help us to be faithful to the people that you put in our paths. God, when, when, we, when somebody asks us to serve, God, help us to be those people that said, here I am, Lord, send me. When somebody tells us that there's a need, God, let, let us be the people who write a check or who deposit some money. God, when, when we're, we're the people that, that, are, are, that came in here today that are racked and hurting, with pain. I, I know there's so many of those people. They're unsure about their health. They're unsure about, about their uh, position where they're at at work. They're un- unsure of so many things. God, let them understand that you, God, want to do a work in their lives. And so, uh, God, I, I close this prayer time asking if there's one person here today, one person that has never made that choice, that decision to say, Jesus, I need you to be number one in my heart, in my life. Would you send your Holy Spirit to that person right now and let them begin to acknowledge that you want to do a work in their life. 
and that they want to step back from themselves and promise themselves to live their life for you. I pray that you'll use this time. In Jesus' name, amen. Sit right where you are and let's see what God does during our ministry song.
Trust God. Yes, you can. Every promise is yes. Every promise is yes. If you're here and, and you feel the Lord kind of kind of moving in your life and just kind of wants to do something, we got some folks in the back who would love to pray with you after the service here. Be sure and, and go back there and talk to them if if God is stirring in you. And we want to do uh, come alongside of you in that in those regards. Thank you so much for being here today. Watch the news. And uh, we'll see you next week for a special Thanksgiving.